Hey dear listeners and welcome back to Unfiltered No BS Psychology Podcast. In today's episode, we will explore one of the most talked about topics in the social sphere, Gen Z, and particularly the challenges this generation is facing. We'll delve into how mental health has changed, namely we'll discuss the effects of nurture, Gen X parents and how their experiences and upbringing of Gen Z shape our own perceptions. We'll review how digitalization and the daily integration of gadgets can be the prime reason for the increase in depression cases. Additionally, we will review studies and show how environmental factors, financial changes, the political landscape and social dynamics have a direct correlation to Gen Z mental and health issues. Lastly, we'll explore the reasons for optimism as we reflect on how we've navigated through a global pandemic and historical challenges, finding opportunities to learn and build. Let's dive into the unfiltered journey of Gen Z. As I was having a work session with my friend at Soho co-working space, a stranger approached us and it got me thinking about different generations and their struggles. So the stranger X was around 55 years old and he was having hard time understanding Gen Z struggles. In summary, his statement was that we as Gen Z have the whole world in front of us and all the tools to make a change and to make a better change and succeed in our lives. And instead of doing that, we only talk about how difficult it is for us to survive, to make money and to be successful. On one hand, he's not being wrong as the world has evolved and we have more exposure and handy tools. On the other hand, he is talking from his experience as Gen X. After having a very in-depth conversation, I'm not gonna go into details. It was like a friendly debate. I've decided to gather some research and share with you, my friends. When looking into literature and social media, I was bombarded with so much hatred and negativity towards Gen Z. It even got to the point that I felt personally down and upset because I'm Gen Z. So today I'll be representing Gen Z on my behalf truly looking closely to what could be triggering so much hatred and negativity towards the Zoomers generation, when actually we have the tools to change the world. But in order for us to do that, it will be good to have some support. (laughs) So today I'll be debunking this whole idea about how useless and lazy Gen Z are. And I will start with a very quick survey. So according to a research chart that summarizes how different generations describe their mental health, it says that a greater share of members of Gen Z describe their mental health and emotional well-being as poor and only fair. So 10% of Gen Z associate with poor mental health. In contrast, Gen X constitutes only 2% who voted poor. 8% difference seems very little, but in truth, it seems even bigger, especially having conversation with that stranger. <laughs> but before we dive into whole discussion, I want to give you a brief definition of Gen Z. So Gen Z refers to generation born between the mid-1990s and the early 2010, making 32% of the whole global population. Also known as Zoomers, they are characterized by being the first generation to grow up with easy access to digital technology and the internet from a young age. The majority of us Gen Z grew up after the events of 9-11, so we will never know a world in which Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat did not exist. We are a connected generation, known for being tech-savvy, open-minded and socially aware. With connectedness in mind, it is hard to believe we as Gen Z have a hard time building relationships with others around us. It seems unnatural for us to not want to be connected to a group of people we call our own. After all, with a smartphone always in our pocket, we are at instant access to a world of information previous generations could only dreamt of. But we still face considerable mental and physical struggles. To understand why we're facing so many struggles and why previous generations having a hard time understanding it, we need to go back in time and look into our upbringing. 
the roots and the nurture of Gen Z. Generally, Gen Z grew up with Generation X parents. Gen X is a generation that is defined by hope. They were hopeful of finishing school, the ability to get a job, having a family, and overall hopeful for the future ahead of them. They had hope in things they could, to some extent, control. In essence, a disconnected generation are parenting the connected generation. What made Gen X a generation of disconnected people struggling with their relationships? Many parents of Gen X were often too busy working to look after their children when they came home after school. Without much supervision, they did not experience much consequences for their actions. But when they did, it was met with punishment. Many children also grew up with split homes with divorced parents as divorce rates slowly continued to rise. They focused on having a relationship with their friends who slowly became their family more than their actual family. Family was not always the people living in the walls of a home who shared the same blood, but those chosen to be members of a family by choice. This sense of independence caused Gen X to feel more on their own and independent. As a result, Generation X usually wants to recreate this healthy, big family dynamic which they personally lacked. Gen X are trying to rebuild a strong family. They continue to raise their children with this question constantly on their mind. Am I being a helicopter parent? What is a helicopter parent? Helicopter parent is defined as a parent who takes care and overprotective or excessive interest in life of the child or children. So because this question of being a helicopter itself hovers over the minds of their parents, Gen Z has been given more opportunities for connection than any previous generation. The independence Gen X felt when they were children is showing itself in the way they raised their children. Play dates, club sports, and extracurricular activities all became widely popular with Gen Z. I personally can relate so much to this. I've been going to all the clubs and all the extra activities existed from chairs clubs to tennis clubs, swimming, painting, music. And this is just proves how Gen X were determined to give their children all the opportunities possible, which they personally lacked. Beyond the extracurriculum activities and opportunities, we have a big factor coming into our life as Gen Z, and that is technology. So when Gen X is given the opportunity, Many Gen X parents just simply give their children a screen to keep occupied and quiet. This way of dealing with children when parents are busy gives Gen Z an idea that they are on their own, emotionally and physically, even if within two meters from their parents in the same building. When parents become underprotective and let their children look for themselves, they feed into a disconnect with their children. So what we have, we have technology, which instead of connecting, it becomes a disconnection tool between the parents and Gen Z children. As a result, Gen Z develops an autonomy, or in other words, this power feeling in the house. Disconnected children do not always respond well to discipline and begin to turn into little adults. Little adults tend not to respond to parenting the same way children do. The issue isn't always that parents are unwilling to assert their authority. Sometimes they believe that they are helping their children by stepping back and letting their kids decide. Examples of this behavior includes trusting their children with gadgets, parent gives their kid an iPad or an iPhone and basically tells their kid you have 15 minutes before you have to start working on your school project or your homework. So the kid has an autonomy to decide and to take care of his or her actions. But because the whole technology serves as a disconnection tool, kid is no longer listening to the parent and he or she thinks that they're able to make decisions when they stop playing with the gadget, whenever they feel like it. As a result, they fail to start their homework in the right time. That triggers the parent. And what we have as a result, we have tension between the parent and the child and, and failure to do their homework. Other ways include giving autonomy to plan their afternoon studies. Because when we don't help our children 
to structure the day properly, we first of all don't teach them how to do it. Second of all, we trust kids thinking that they are big enough adults to structure their time effectively. And the result, what we have, lack of planning and lack of achievements from completing their homework or tasks they needed to complete. As a result, Gen Z, children who are still young, are left alone to form their own habits, to form their own decisions and values. So although Gen X had great intentions of giving all the opportunities to their kids, they left their children pretty much alone. All of these opportunities, but feeding this technology as a barrier, Gen Z will start feeling lonely. They'll be escaping to watching YouTube videos or social media and internet to seek connection. But in reality, they'll feel less connected to reality. This will lead to feeling more introverted, shy, lacking confidence, closing off. All of these contribute to symptoms of anxiety that can aggravate in the future. Beyond Gen Z's parents, there are other elements which are super important and that all contribute to struggles that Gen Z might experience, and we'll dive into it just in a moment. Environment and the microsystem in which Gen Z child is developing also very crucial to contributing to the future challenges he or she will face. So there is lower physical activity and shorter time spent outdoors with natural light because most of the curriculum or extra lessons or free time is spent inside on the gadgets with help of technology. Great educational loads. In today's world, we're living in a city with high competition and pressure to get into the best schools and best universities. Parents are signing their kids to top schools prior to the baby being born. So the kid is growing up with this pressure that he or she need to be a perfectionist and, and strive for the best. And that leads to overachiever syndrome that puts a whole load on a child. As a child grows up, they open up their personal social media accounts. And that is a crucial factor and where all the fun begins. Unfortunately, to a disadvantage to Gen Z. Social media did not exist in the way it exists now. Before all the fancy stuff came through, like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, one of the first versions of a modern social network was called classmates.com, which launched in 1995 and allowed users to only share messages and photos with their childhood and college classmates. So that is considerably different to what Gen Z is faced with. It was not as visual, as realistic, and as overwhelming. In the social media that Gen Z teenagers reside, we have unrealistic feeds with perfectionist influencers. There's a lot of materialistic elements that tells Gen Z children that they need these materialist things to earn more likes, to be more valued. And even you'll never believe that, but there are studios you can rent to take an Instagram pic as if you are taking a jet somewhere. And many girls actually buy tickets to this photo shoot just to post their pic with champagne on the way to Maldives when they're actually somewhere in town taking shots from a studio. But not many teenagers actually know that's the reality. Instead, they see private jets, expensive clothing items, perfect skin, beautiful relationships. So values become distorted. And that develops insecurity because we are exposed to edited selfies and filtered images, thin bodies, pumped and ripped guys, negative relationship with body and anorexia and body dysphoria are guaranteed for someone who is exposed to that on a daily basis. As Gen Z kid resides in those social media spaces, and as we know that technology equals disconnection, he or she becomes to feel lonely. The kid will be seeing what everyone is up to, texting 10 people simultaneously on different platforms, but actually being left alone because sharing reels is not connecting in reality. And as a result, the kid will spend less time with face-to-face encounters because he'll prioritize scrolling through social media, texting all of his friends, resharing and posting all the reels he or she received this day. And all of these elements, like social media, pressure to be an achiever, lack of outside activity, contribute to depression, anxiety, and cognitive deficit at the very, very young age. So before we even hit this puberty stage, we already have a whole baggage of insecurities, anxieties, 
and negative habits. Of course, it is harder to see all the opportunities that we actually have on our hands through this massive block that is loaded onto us from a very young age. So before judging Gen Z for being lazy, constantly moaning, depressed, and lonely, we have to look back into their childhood, to their key caregivers and their parents and their bringing and the microsystem in which they were residing, how their parents reacted to their achievements, their failures, their challenges, because that really forms their mental state in the future. Plus, we have this massive environmental shift in terms of new technologies coming in, having a big effect on Gen Z perception of the world that feeds to new values that Gen Z create and through the prism they view the world. They don't see it crystal clear now, they have this pink or blue glasses through which they look and that is technology. So everything they look at is through their iPhone or their smartphone. And now I want to dive into environmental, political, and financial elements and changes into our world through which Gen Z lived and how that affected their mental state and perceptions. COVID pandemic, it's not one of the biggest disasters that human beings lived through. There were worse times, flus, and lack of hygiene, but... COVID pandemic had a big effect on all generations in different ways. But today we're discussing how pandemic affected Gen Z because it happened right in the moment when Gen Z were building their teenage lives, getting to universities, creating new relationships, new connections, exploring the world, and they couldn't. And just to like pause and think, how could this affect our minds, and our perceptions. So according to a study that I was reading, conducted in 2017 by Western Governs University, stated that before the pandemic, only 45% of Gen Z individuals considered their mental health to be good or excellent. This is still a pretty high number of people feeling great. But then 2019 comes... December, February, March, and the whole world comes to a halt. And everyday routines are eradicated. People, as a result, often lose their sense of stability, leading to anxieties and often depression. Now, let's think of Gen Z and how nurture, which is in this case COVID, molded Gen Z perception and mental state. And I want to really focus on the lockdown aspect. As a result of this lockdown, many of Gen Z escaped to their technology because from a very young age, their parents would give their autonomy and just feed them this technology as a sense of distraction. And as a result, when Gen Z becomes a teenager, this gadget becomes his or her pacifier. So there was an overall increase in screen time. Apps like Playroom or Zoom were booming. I mean, I'm really happy for them. They made a lot of money. It was amazing marketing for them. So before the pandemic, teens were spending on average 7.5 hours a day on their screens. And during the pandemic, mental health declines by 40% and screen time increases up to 10 hours. I don't want to name other numbers because... What I was looking into, some people were spending 20 hours a day on their phones or their computers or watching TV, and it's just insane, considering a day has 24 hours. So as a result of this blue light, of this constant escape into consuming, sucking feeds of reels, TikTok videos, and etc., an individual feels lonely, insecure, as this COVID hits and we have to reside at home, have no idea when we can go out and resume our normal lives. As is Gen Z, we can no longer begin to live our adult life. Our friendships are stopped. We cannot start a new job. We can't move to a different city to start a new university. Or we can't continue our university and have to escape home. So a new friendship or valuable connection is lost. Relationships broken, whether it's romantic one or friendship, jobs are being lost 
All the internships are put on hold, which means Gen Z CV is literally unexistent. Experiences and travel opportunities are cancelled. Gen Z's life was literally put on hold at the very moment when it had to be skyrocketing. Because when we are like from 16 to 25, we're, we're studying, we're experimenting, we're building valuable connections, we're creating our opportunities that will actually serve as ground for us in the future when we become adults. So all of that is just taken away from Gen Z. Just, just think for a second that what you had maybe as Gen X or millennial individual, your childhood or teenage life looked completely different. Yes, there were other worries, but the world didn't change 360. You didn't have to erase your teenage life. So once we just get our head around the fact that Gen Z frozen time and we couldn't escape, we rely on gadgets for news, to keep us entertained, to feel less lonely, but as a result, none of this actually fulfills us. And Gen Z have troubles because as teenagers, our mental health is still quite weak. What makes mental health very strong are experiences, connections, real-life situations, bonds. And by adding technology and shutting a person in the bubble, literally, what would you expect? The least that I would expect is coming out with depression or a panic attack. So I just want to give my own example as Gen Z um, when COVID happened. So I was in my second year of BA degree at KCL. And actually, I was about to move my apartments to be closer to my campus. I liked the new apartment that I picked. And there I was moving in the middle of pandemic, not knowing that I won't get super ill if I didn't wear a mask and gloves because there was so much drama flying in the air. So there I am moving flats. In my second year of uni, starting my dissertation, having multiple assignments, university had literally no idea how to handle it. I'm just saying that I was going one of the top leagues university in London. So you think that be able to handle it? No. <laughs> literally, it was awful. So if any universities are listening to this podcast, I just want to say that the way you reacted and handled COVID was really bad on our mental health. None of the departments helped, neither counselors. It was just useless. The whole technology system literally failed. Even lectures that were online were very brief. They were unstructured. All the information that were supposed to be on our portal was always missing, unexistent. For us to get any response from our tutors or department head will take two weeks. So you just left there alone. You have to have good grades to actually succeed in your life and get a good job so it looks good on your CV and not to fail yourself as well. You have to move flats. You have to make sure that nothing is lost. You have to unpack. And there is also COVID, which means that you can't resume your daily life. You can't see a friend. You can't moan about it. You can't see your mom. My mom is living in London, but we were so scared because I have a little brother. So I couldn't even see my mom, which was like 20 minutes from me. My other family was stuck in Israel. Also, you know, not being sure what's going to happen. So there I was. A Gen Z, let's say, teenager. I was 19 years old. And I literally felt lost. I didn't know how I will make this university happen. Thanks God that I'm quite a perfectionist. So I structured my day from morning till evening with all the crap that I had to do throughout the day. Like clean the kitchen, make breakfast, work out, read this article... So I did have a structured day, but they were so long, so dragging, and it was so easy to just like open up your social media, get a kick of endorphins, which will last me for like five, ten minutes, and then I'll, I'll be left feeling even more low and even more lost. You literally become one with your sofa. Even if you don't spend long on your sofa, considering your apartment isn't that big, there's nowhere to go. The moment we were able to head outside and have a coffee in a coffee shop or see a friend at the restaurant, there were so many boundaries that you felt like you're an animal at the zoo. 
There are so many rules. How can you drink coffee? Where you can drink coffee? How many meters away you have to be from the cashier? Where do you wear a mask? Where you don't wear a mask? When do you have to be back home? But what if all the Ubers are booked so you can't bloody get home? This whole curfew is stupid because everyone left at the same time. So there was more chances of getting encountered and get COVID from someone. Feeling lack of freedom as a young woman, young lady who wants to experience, who wants to travel while studying and completing her degree to her best ability, I couldn't. I felt like I am failing. All of these factors that were out of my control were suffocating me. Plus, by living alone, you need some distraction just to keep you going, knowing that you're not alone. Of course, there are elements like you can call your friend and have like virtual dinner, which I did do. I had virtual dinner with my friend where we would cook cheers with a glass of wine and have supper but once you press red button on your phone you're back to this reality and you feel like everything that just happened wasn't true wasn't real because you couldn't feel the person you couldn't actually sense his or her energy I'm not even talking about romantic relationships. I was single back then, which I'm not sure if it was good or bad, but of course I craved attention. Of course I wanted romance. That also had a very big impact on how do you behave in the future with the opposite sex? How do you engage in conversation? They developed a habit of being alone, of not having any exposure to social events where they can potentially meet someone they only had themselves, maybe their family with who they lived, and gadgets. I know so many Gen Z couples uh, who throughout the pandemic actually broke up. And it just shows how maybe good, but at the same time, how great of an impact COVID had on us as young individuals trying to figure out our lives. So there is like my perspective of how I lived through COVID and how it impacted me. I mean, coming out from COVID, I would say that many elements still stayed with me. I was feeling quite awkward in social events, situations. I didn't really know how to engage because I was always alone for like a year or so, which is quite a lot. I also developed a lot of issues and anxiety surrounding my confidence because I thought that I was failing my university degree because I was left alone and my self-confidence was not going very well. Also consider the fact that when in COVID we pretty much wore sweats every single day and that also doesn't help your confidence. So coming out from COVID, I struggled to feel confident wearing a skirt, I don't know, something tight or fancy. I was excited to wear all of it and go out, but mentally it was super difficult for me and I had to work a lot with my therapist to work on my confidence on I am enough syndrome because the thought of failing my university made me feel like I'm not enough just being myself. Just FYI, I didn't fail as a result. I got a first. Incredible. Uh, but at the moment, it didn't feel like it. So I literally came out out of COVID feeling weak, depressed. My hormones were not okay as a young lady. Most of my hair fell out because of stress. I was underweight and I didn't really know where to go, what to do. Do I fix myself first? Do I just start living? Uh, there's also certain expectations because you've, you know, graduated your uni. So you kind of have to get a job. But getting to my next point, getting a job after COVID is pretty hard because most of the people actually got fired. And then when lockdown has finished, everyone was pretty much unemployed seeking for job opportunity. So think about how many of you are there in London or a different city looking for job opportunity with good degrees, with many experiences, especially someone who is not Gen Z or a millennial who is a bit older, just this like three years difference or four years difference, which is super annoying because millennials, on the other hand, they had time to get experience. They had time to work or to travel for an employer to hire, let's say, a millennial for the same position over Gen Z, just because of the lack of experience. I was struggling with that as well. I could not <laughs> find a job. 
everything that I could think about is I'm a failure. I need to get a job to make a living to succeed in my life because I'm very hardworking because I thought that's success. That's what maybe a parent Gen X would expect from us. They would expect to take this autonomy from all the activities, all the opportunities that they gave to us and actually create something strong, valuable and successful. But it's pretty much impossible considering what was happening in the world after COVID. I think I I went on a very long rant about COVID and how I felt throughout and after. But I just really want everyone to understand that if you are Gen Z and you're listening to this, you're not alone. You should not be so hard on yourself because it was tough and it's still tough. If you're not Gen Z, Gen X or millennials, I really hope that my episode will open your eyes wide open to other factors that actually made Gen Z, as you say, troubled, lonely, insecure, depressed. It's not their fault. Of course, it's in our hands and now we're big enough you know to take responsibility for all of these issues and fix them go to therapy work on our self-confidence engage in self-care but it takes time it doesn't just come like this after covid or another war of violence in the world it doesn't just come naturally it takes a lot of patience time and work and not everyone is capable because covid affects everyone differently technology affects everyone differently because every teenager has a different mental state and inner strength someone is more emotional someone is less if someone in your family for example your gen x parent struggling with depression or anxiety or panic attacks when they were younger i mean the chances that you'll be getting them are like 10 percent increase plus throw in COVID pressure to succeed and be successful. And there you go. You have everything just to slide down into long depression or anxiety. But beyond COVID, we have other factors that I want to kind of like run through that are also important in affecting how we navigate our life as Gen Z. And now I would like to talk about finances and work, something very crucial and decisive in everyone's life. As I was going through tons of research, one really struck my eyes, and it basically stated that 69 of those who surveyed ranked making enough money to live comfortably is Gen Z's most frequently cited hope for the future. That just shows that All of these statements, how Gen Z has wrong values, priorities, actions, is pretty much kind of incorrect because the survey clearly shows that Gen Z want to succeed and they want to make a better living and they want to earn more money to have a better future and they still have hope, which is something that defines their parents, Gen X. So now that we know this information, I want to talk you through work and finances and how Gen Z look at it. So there you go. You've graduated from university. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But what if you do have a student loan? So that's a lot of pressure already. You need to pay off a loan. So this cloud over a young individual keeps circling and it's heavy and it's pressuring. The fact that we're post-COVID, finding a job is very difficult and that's not helping to pay off your loan. On top of that, mortgage in cities is crazy. 48% of individuals say they are unable to move out of their parents' home due to financial challenges and 33% are concerned inflation will make it tough for them to buy a home. And it's true, my friends, because I have a lot of individuals around me, including my friends who are struggling with it. Young adults need to live with their parents to make some living, to pay off their loans, to save some money, to have some social life. And trust me, living with your parents isn't that so lovely-dubbly. 
If you're listening and you have an amazing relationship with your parents, good for you. I'm really happy. But the majority are struggling because when you grow up, you want to have your personal space. You want to live your day how you want to live it. And all of this is not possible when you're living with your parents. Not even talking about doing dinners with your friends or inviting someone over. Just, you know, feeling comfortable with your friend at your home. And there you go. More worries surrounding this issue, the living condition. Now, let's say you got a job, but now you don't just get a job, you have different options. You can work remotely, you can work as hybrid worker. So let's say you've chosen an option as a hybrid work. In theory, it sounds great. It sounds comfortable. I mean, some people love just working remotely, but let's just see how it affects younger individuals. Well, first of all, with the rise of technology, Everyone becomes reachable 24-7, but not many can keep boundaries. So the research suggests that specifically Gen Zs reported feeling stressed and 90% said they felt burned out as a result. By working from home, you start to lack schedule. When we go to school, someone takes care of our schedule, right? We have lessons, we have breaks, we have snack time, we have play time, we have physical activity, and then we go home. And yes, we have homework, but we chill. When we're stuck at home, there is no one that can create a schedule for us. At work, we have a schedule because it's been directed by the head of your department or the company. It's the company's rule and ideology at home that's erased. You don't feel it. You're pretty much left alone with technology. Again, you're on Zoom calls, you're on emails, you're sitting at your dining table. All your energy is sucked through technology. Not everyone goes outside for daily air and breaks. People think that, no, I have a big to-do list. I'll just crack on it and I'll do an all-nighter or I'll just limit my self-care time. And that's when it gets really, really bad, especially for Gen Z. Because as younger individuals, we absolutely cannot exist and be healthy without social connections, real social connections, without fresh air, without physical activity to help release those endorphins. So this whole remote slash hybrid work is putting a lot of mental pressure on Gen Z. And it's not so easy to get out of this vicious cycle on your own. You have to seek help. You have to see a therapist, maybe speak to a friend because we don't think about it. When we're at home and we need to work, we isolate ourselves and we don't look what's going outside or inside of us. Some people become lazy when they're working remotely or because it's easier just to wear your sweats or pajamas. It's easier working from bed. It's easier not putting any makeup on or showering twice a day, at least once. <laughs> Over time, what we have is lack of schedule, lack of confidence, low energy, literally no happiness because... What keeps us going is actually getting outside and being social because we're social humans and I keep repeating it in all my podcasts. So even if you're now working remotely or you're a hybrid worker, try and create a workspace. Whether it's working from a coffee shop, getting dressed, not in your sweats and getting out or whether it's creating a different workspace at your home and still putting makeup on or brushing your hair or taking a shower or putting jeans on or a skirt. Doesn't matter what keeps the mind trained and our mental health intact. But it's harder because we have the option now. Our parents, Gen X, millennials, and going down the generation pathway didn't really have an option. They had to commit. So they had a schedule, they had a habit. And in today's world, it's harder for Gen Zs to create a habit, of course, because there is no clear structure. And it's been given from the top. This order was not created by us. We didn't write this codex of work. <laughs> it was given to us already. And it's not as easy to deal with it. Maybe other generations had other things to worry about, but at least they knew they had to be in the office from 9 till 6, and then they go home, and then they cook, and then they clean. 
for Gen Zs and those ones who are working from home and remotely, especially with someone who has been undergoing so much transformation in the world, like we've been talking about with COVID, it just puts more pressure and more things to worry about rather than just getting on with your work or with your life. And just to tie all the loose ends, I want to give you an example of how Gen Z's day might look like now. I would like you to meet Alex. Alex is a 23-year-old Gen Z struggling through the ups and downs of life. Alex wakes up every morning with a heavy sigh, feeling the weight of the day before it even begins. The day starts with emails and news check, where Alex is bombarded with stressful work messages and disturbing events of the war. Anna, his girlfriend, a 22-year-old Gen Z struggling through panic attacks, Anna wakes up every morning and grabs her phone. The day starts with a scroll where Anna is bombarded with luxury travels to Bali, perfect toned bodies and bikinis, spotless plumped faces, beautiful clothing and relationship goal reels. Mentally, Anna battles with a social emphasis on appearance. The pressure to conform to beauty standards is felt in every selfie and social media post. There is a constant comparison to influences and peers, and the pursuit of an elusive perfect image makes Anna purchase a new beauty product, clothing or beauty service to increase her self-esteem. For Alex, mentally, each day is a struggle against depression and self-doubt. The constant barge of information, social expectations, and financial pressure to provide create a mental battlefield. Socially, Alex grapples with the challenges of making meaningful connections in digital age. Being too drained at work, he exchanged reels with his mates to keep up the connection. When Alex goes out into a new social environment, he finds it uncomfortable to make new connections. And as the fear of judgment and rejection is large, making it difficult to open up and be vulnerable in real life. In the evenings after work, Alex often finds solace in online car communities, but the fear of missing out and the desire for validation keep the mental struggle alive. After university, Anna finds solace in ice cream or impulsive purchase or a go at Alex who is not paying attention to her after work. Then there is a dialogue or a small fight, after which there is a common desperate attempt to find moments of joy and get an easy kick of dopamine, whether it's a favorite show while scrolling, but the struggle persists. At the end, both fall asleep scrolling whilst binge-watching Netflix from bed. And after hearing this, let's say, exaggerated but realistic example, I want to dedicate some time looking into the positives that the world and technologies give us as Gen Z to actually enjoy, take advantage of, and build ourselves strong and successful. When we look at work and finances, we have multiple workspaces and co-working spaces all over London, so you don't have to only work from home. If you're a young parent, there are generous maternity leaves. The hybrid working when you live far and have to commute is draining, so it's great that sometimes you have time and ability to work from home. But spend that time right, dedicated to self-care, to keeping track of your habits. Technology is a friend when used properly. Make it educational and uplifting. Clear your rubbish from your social media and follow informative, exciting accounts book reviews, animal reels, travel tips, clean your social feed, and preferably put a time limit. If you're feeling lonely, there is Alexa to reduce the necessity to reach out to your phone first thing in the morning and last thing in the evening to set an alarm. You can use reminders and calendars to help you be more efficient. If you're struggling, we have a lot of help when it comes to mental health today, free counseling institution, you can have sessions from the comfort of your home, applications like BetterHelp, all the counselors and psychologists nowadays, including me, <laughs> take clients online, whether it's Zoom or Microsoft Teams, it really depends, but you don't even have to step out from your home if you don't feel like it. Pretty much all companies have their own counselors, 
so you shouldn't be feeling lonely now. You can actually reach out and speak. We have open information and blogs. You can read about certain insecurities you've been experiencing or some troubles, whether it's a book about self-care or a life coach that keeps you going and makes you inspired. There are multiple resources out there. Study. There is accessible education materials online, such as Google Scholar or Audible, Apple Music, Spotify, where you can listen to podcasts and listen to books. When you're commuting to work, you don't have to be scrolling or listening to music if you don't feel like it. There are so many things that we as Gen Z can use, which is informative and it can help us. Also, you have YouTube for TED Talks. And if you haven't heard about it, please go to YouTube and watch a TED Talk. There is also cooking classes available online. You don't have to think what you can cook if you are tired or trained. Just Google a recipe and enjoy cooking yourself instead of ordering through Deliveroo and feeling sluggish. There are short classes to get quicker diploma and qualification to upgrade your career. You no longer need to go to your top university to get a job that you want. You can literally study from the comfort of your home. More education structure in universities, so you don't have to be stuck to your hometown. You can travel to go to certain universities where you can meet new people. There are less boundaries, so you can explore. When it comes to experiences and entertainment, it's endless. We have VR, playrooms, painting classes, wine tastings, book clubs, lectures, theaters, different types of restaurants, and even deliveries if you really need something and you forgot and it's like life detrimental. You can order something through Zap. It's a delivery service. But the main thing is that we have so many opportunities to meet like-minded people at all of these events and entertainment structures. So use it wisely. So now let's look at an example of Alex and Anna when they start healing themselves, when they look into the world and use all the opportunities they have literally handed to them, and when they start implementing these habits into their daily life. So now let's integrate all the positive elements and tools available for Gen Z and switch the picture. Alex wakes up in the morning feeling sleepy but rested. Alex rolls to his side and hugs Anna before he leaves bed. Alex then drinks a glass of water, takes a cold shower, and gets dressed to go to work. His phone stays at the bedside table untouched all this time. In the meantime, Anna hydrates and engages in the morning 5-minute breathing meditation followed by journaling. When both finish with their morning activities, Alex and Anna have five-minute coffee together speaking about their day ahead before Alex is off to work and Anna is off to university. Mentally, Anna still has occurring moments of low confidence, but this time she doesn't reach out to her phone when she feels that way. Instead, she calls a friend, journals, or goes for a short walk between classes. If she does open Instagram, her feed consists of travel blogs, cooking, book recommendations, which she regularly saves to her book of the month list. There is pressure to conform to beauty standards when she's around her groupmates, but she doesn't engage in such conversations. On her way home, Anna purchases groceries to cook a meal together with Alex. For Alex mentally, every day is not easy, but he has a great team at work and they have weekly workout days when they play tennis or go to do a boxing class. Alex doesn't feel pressured to go to a pub after work to socialize and drink, which heightens his anxiety. Instead, he meets like-minded individuals at his safe and existing settings like gym classes or team tennis games. He feels valued and is not alone in his journey for building a career. In the evenings after work, Alex comes home feeling tired but productive and full of endorphins after workout. He takes a shower, craves to know how his partner doing. Anna feels tired, productive, but excited to cook a meal dish with her partner and share an evening together catching up on what's been happening. She doesn't seek validation because she's occupied with her readings, evening journaling routine and reading of her new book that she picked up from Waterstones. 
After dinner, both clean the dishes and play backgammon as a moment of joy and kicking dopamine. When both are physically exhausted and it's time to switch off, Anna and Alex do their bedtime routines and meet in bed. Both say one thing they're grateful for to each other, followed by a kiss, and lights are off. There is no scrolling throughout the whole evening. The simple example of Alex and Anna's two life scenarios teaches us that while it is quite hard for Gen Z individuals to handle day-to-day burdens and life challenges, there is always an option regarding which pathway you want to choose. With the right mindset, the use of available infrastructure and mindful integration of technologies, we can create a balanced and fulfilling life where we can grow mentally through every challenge encountered. My friends, we're coming up to the end of this long episode and I would like to conclude. So despite the unique challenges faced by Gen Z due to changing world, it's worth noting that my grandma had her share of difficulties too. Even in different contexts with limited choices and opportunities, the evolution of mental health dynamics is evident. Understanding your parents can be tricky or might or might not grasp the challenges we face influenced by their own past experiences. It's a general projection, after all. While Gen Z encounters more mental health troubles, the power to take control and drive change lies within us, not in TikTok videos about depression. Success is a blend of gratitude, right values, habits, opportunities, and technology. Find the formula that suits you. Optimism for the future of Gen Z is justified. We've endured a global pandemic and significant historical struggles, offering opportunities to learn, build resilience, and connect with others through tough times. Life hasn't been easy, and challenges persist. But with the right mindset and support from like-minded individuals, we can collectively shape the brighter tomorrow. Remember, it all begins with us. As we wrap up this episode, let's make a commitment to stop judging people and rating their worries. Instead, let's try by looking inside and identifying what's missing. If you are Gen X and having trouble understanding your child, give him or her a break. And instead, see how you can connect more closely to your child. Maybe then you'll see a bigger picture. If you're Gen Z, I want to say how proud I am of you for coming so far. Never underestimate your power. Invest in your self-development and self-care. Set boundaries and have a clear goal which, with self-belief, you will achieve. Don't be afraid to fail, experiment, and step out of your comfort zone because that's how we learn about ourselves. Please share this episode with your friend who needs to hear it. And if you're feeling the love, please give this podcast a five-star rating or review. A lot of work goes into it. I pour a lot of love into this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Nicole Kaplan or at Unfiltered Psychology and drop me a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts and get to know my listeners. As always, stay empowered and I'll be back with you soon with a new episode episode.